Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Zucker didn't have that much of a chance to to really um, get traction with the Penguins uh, after the deadline last season with the shutdown and then suddenly being in a very short, you know, playoff uh, appearance uh, series against Montreal. Uh, so I don't think they've really explored, uh, been able to take, get the full Zucker experience yet. But but yeah, he, he should uh, be that leadership guy and he should be that gritty guy uh, for the team going forward. Probably, that's my, that's uh, my favorite ride at Disney, the full Zucker experience. That's a good ride. Let's talk Devils and Islanders, let's talk Penguins and Rangers, but let's not talk about Flyers, cause they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the first ever Friends and Rivals podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tom Harkness. I will be covering the New York Rangers. I will be your Rangers expert, as they say. I don't know if anybody says that. Joining me are three other division rivals, and I'll allow them to introduce themselves. I will go next. My name is Steve. Greetings and salutations. I will be covering the New Jersey Devils for the Friends and Rivals podcast. And I'm Nick Larita. I'll be covering the Islanders for the same podcast, not some other one. <laughs> and I'm Bill, and I'm covering the Pittsburgh Penguins. Scratch my back with a hacksaw, and uh, that's for the uh, Friends and Rivals podcast. That was uh, that was stellar opening voice. Absolutely stellar. We'd bring it home. <laughs> We're flying now. So this is all going to end. And Nick, can you slurp a little bit louder into the microphone? I will slurp time? as hard as I Holy can. crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will be covering uh, the NHL season and our teams from the fans' perspective. Uh, we're going to give you our takes on things. We uh, we gather information from the experts, so to say, on on Twitter and, uh, and, and other places. And um, we're going to give you our perspective on our teams and the NHL. And um, even though we are rivals, we are friends. Friends, and there's one thing that we can all agree on, and that is fuck, fuck, fuck the, the Flyers. Flyers. Fuck, fuck the, the Flyers. Flyers. We really hate the Flyers. So that is uh, something that you'll hear a lot of out of our mouths. So um, to start, we will uh, we usually do a weekend review for our teams. And um, <laughs> does anybody have anything happen on their teams this week? I, I had a whole bunch of players active overseas. Well, overseas, yes. But there really hasn't been any signings. No, nothing. The, the, the most notable signing, I think, um, over this past week was Mikhail Sergachev signed a, um, I, I think, a team-friendly $4.8 million average salary. I think one of our teams had some big news this week. Well, we yeah, I was, I, I, yeah, but it's, it's the Islanders, so really, who cares? Ooh. Really? All right, way to start it off. So I guess I'll jump in because, you know, we actually did have some things going on since last week. Johnny Boychuk retiring or not retiring and just going on LTIR. I, I believe it's LTIR is what, is what they're going to Yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that because if he doesn't go on LTIR and he retires, there's cap recapture. Recapture. I got it. Capture, then you do it again. So it's recapturing. <laughs> yes. And they um, can't afford another cap hit on their hands for the next two years. Right. It, was, it sucks because Boychuk's a great player, a great guy. Everyone loves him. You know, it, it, he's been injured the last couple of years and not had really, you know, full seasons. But this uh, injury of his eyes, that was that was rough. It will open up a lot of room for the Isles, obviously. So, you know, helping uh, sign, sign, re-sign uh, Barzal to hopefully a friendly deal. There's been some rumors. We, we could talk about it later, but or now. But regardless, it's it's pretty pretty up in the air still. I think they're I think they're waiting to see what happens this season before anything gets signed. Personally, I mean, I, I don't know if if they're gonna make a big if it's a big rush to sign him if there's just no season. But uh, we'll see how it goes. 
So that was that. Um, we had some what was, what was that? What was that number yeah. they projected out there for Barzell? Oh, I think Steve, did you see that? Was that? Did, were you the one that, that pointed it out to us? No, I was that, the one who no. actually sent it, but I can't remember uh, what the hell it was. It was something around six point five or something over three years. I think you said was the rumor. Yeah, and if he does actually sign for that, I mean that is. That is ridiculously team friendly. Six you look at someone like for three years. You look at someone like Sebastian Ajo who signed that offer sheet, eight and a half million dollars for four or five years. I mean, I thought that was pretty comparable to what Barzell would have gotten. Mm-hmm. And for him to sign at the six point five, and he wouldn't even be a free agent after that, by the way. He'll still right. be a restricted free agent. So it's not like he's giving up any free agent time. He's just signing a very friendly deal for the Islanders. Assuming assuming those rooms are true. We'll see. I mean, I'd like to see that deal. That'd be great for the team. Um, you know, he did have uh, it was some talk about him and Pollock. Ryan Pollock, who was also a RFA earlier than, you know, this year, um, was where we had talked previously about, you know, coming back and trying to, you know, win now and signing deals that were, you know, more friendly to the team to get there. Um, so hopefully that's true. You know, as an Islander fan, I want to see that happen, see them, see these guys uh, win because we're in a win now mode. Uh, the core is all in their prime. So this is the, the window of the next three, four years. The forward lines are all basically, they're set top six uh, forwards. And, um, you know, the defensemen are, are right now cheap enough. So it's not, um, we're not getting killed on that with, with Boychuk, uh coming off the books. Uh, the most, essentially, it'd be Pollock and, and Nick Letty is the, the most expensive guys. Um, so you, we'll see. A question for you, though. Do you, do you, and I'm, I'm just thinking about this now. Do you think if the Boychuk news happened sooner, you think they would still have, would have traded Taves to Colorado? Uh, yeah, I, I thought, I think every uh, every Islander fan thought about that, too. It was like, shit, we, we, maybe we just needed to wait. I really wanted to see Taves back. I, I really like him. The thing is, it's... It's already done. So I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. We got two seconds for him and we didn't have to use those seconds to get rid of a contract, which I think now makes that trade a little better because before it looked like we were moving him to essentially just make some room to get rid of a lad or, or boy to contract just to sign Barzal. But now it, it, it's kind of like, okay, well, he wasn't a high pick. I think if I remember correctly, he was a fourth rounder. I, I forget on my head but two seconds is a is an asset upgrade if you look at it that way now those picks could become nothing and he's i think a top four guy he's definitely a three four defenseman you know puck moving defenseman he's fun to watch he's going to do real well i think in colorado Anyway, he was a fourth um, round pick. Devin Taves was fourth a round pick. Round pick. I was, yeah. I was pretty sure. You were, you were spot. So, you know, you're always spot on with that. With knowing who was trying to pull there. from the top of my head. Um, anyway, but you guys still, so, you guys still have roster spots to fill though, and who, who are potential signings that maybe they didn't announce yet that that could be coming? What do you think? So Matt Martin, Brassard could also is also I think they've talked about him. Uh, Andy Green, uh, those guys all come back on one year, $1 million deal or something like that. Some basically veteran friendly deals. Um, I don't think Martin's Martin Brassard or green are going to sign for very many years. They're going to be on those like veteran kind of deals, you know, from here on out greens, probably on his last year, maybe two. I think, I think if we weren't so close to the cup this year, I don't think he would have tried to come back. But I think he, he probably tasted that like, oh, we were so close. We were in the conference finals. Good group. And uh, I think he's going to make one more year back for it. Great. Um, another year of Sezikis, Martin, and the other. This could be the final year. Oh, I mean, God. because we're, when we get to the t- – when we start to get into the time of talking about, you know, the Seattle expansion draft, that's going to be interesting for a lot of teams. And for us, Sezikis is probably going to be available. 
I think. You know, he's a guy that could go. And you know, we'll see. It, that, that fourth line's aging. A fourth line like that, they don't they don't um they don't stick together for too long. They're they're playing fourth line minutes for a reason. They're hitting they're hitting everything. They're they're always banged up and uh Sezikis being out in the playoffs was was rough. Yeah, and we'll you're see. right about those fourth line guys, man. They're they're eventually gonna get paid by another team to come in and be a third line guy for a million to two million dollars more, which you can't yep. afford to pay now those guys. You know, you you see it happen with a lot of teams. Uh, even when the Rangers were were in, in those cup runs in the in the mid in 2014, you had Boyle, you had Dominic Moore with Carl Hagelin. Eventually, they got too expensive and they couldn't retain them. They they need to pay other guys. So it is surprising yeah. that the, the Islanders were were able to keep those guys with Clutterbuck and Sezikis and and Mark, Matt Martin for even though he did have the hiatus up in Toronto for a little while for so long for as long as they have. Yeah, and if you remember, Lou traded for him to come back, which uh, I think most Islander fans were happy to see. But at the same time, we also signed Leo Komarov same year, which was perplexing because that meant him Clutterbuck him or Klobuk typically would have to play on the third line if they're in the lineup at the same time. And Kumara was making like three million a year. So that's a lot for a fourth liner that's not playing the fourth line. And so I felt like, you know, we took a step back with signing him because we, you know, we're, we're, we're tying up money for better players with a guy that we already have a spot for, or it's already taken, right? He, he can't really play in the fourth line or you move Clutterbuck up, who's also making around the same amount of money. So, you know, it's it's tough. I think you got to really be careful with your cap space and, and really prioritize those, those skill players before you start throwing a lot of money at the fourth line the fourth line for us is a really good line when it's healthy but it also is expensive and so there's eventually it's going to have to something's got to change there we'll see not to mention you still have to pay andrew ladd too by the way <sighs> not only for yes. this year and next year it's for what two more years after that too so he's going to be a thorn in your side for quite some time two two teams that really didn't have um very much of an off season billy the pittsburgh penguins didn't really have a lot to do there. A little house cleaning that you guys had to had to clean up. What happened uh, with the Penguins last week, and really in, in the entire off season? Well, nothing. Uh, nothing really happened with the Penguins. Well, nothing at all happened with the Penguins last week. I, I saw an article somewhere where they they hired some new uh, hotshot Carnegie Mellon graduate to do analytics, and and I thought to myself, wow, they are digging for stories. Holy cow! Some statistician. Oh, great. But yeah, they, I mean. Uh, the offseason for the Penguins is really highlighted by the uh, by moving Matt Murray, parting ways with with a young a young goaltender, but a veteran goaltender at this point who, but somebody who struggled to, to stay healthy and and stay consistent. Always had a great upside. Always had you know those those runs where he'd be the the dominant goalie in the league for a few weeks at a time. But uh, and, and it timed out really well for for the Penguins. Uh, you know those first couple of years, but too much inconsistency there, and they're turning it over to to Jari and uh, to Smith. Uh, looks like for this season. Um, I think that's the biggest change, you know, uh, the, the, the Kapanen trade, um, bringing him in, uh, obviously, uh, to most likely to play alongside of Crosby. Uh, and, and that looks like a, a good deal to, to infuse a little bit of youth there up on the top lines again. But he's, you know, there's always a wait and see uh, because talent next to Crosby doesn't always necessarily pan out. Uh, some guys, you know, get there and, and next to him and thrive and, and some uh become a little bit less than than they would expect so um there's always a, a, a chemistry question there but uh, obviously they're hopeful that uh he with 
captain with Crosby and uh, Gensel is going to be the top line that, that keeps them uh, playoff bound. Um, they trade a player like Hornquist though to the Florida Panthers. And there was a guy who had chemistry with the team for, for a number of years, was always a net presence on the power play. Um, guy who can kill penalties. Obviously he was cap casualty, right? $5.3 million making uh, over the next three years uh, per season for the next three years. Who's going to fill that kind of role net presence guy? Is it going to be Zucker? I think that's the idea. Yeah. I mean, uh, Zucker didn't have that much of a chance to to really um, get traction with the Penguins uh, after the deadline last season with the shutdown, and then suddenly being in a very short, you know, playoff uh, appearance uh, series against Montreal. Uh, so I don't think they've really explored, uh, been able to take, get the full Zucker experience yet. But but yeah, he he should. Uh, be that leadership guy and he should be that gritty guy uh, for the team going forward. Probably, that's my, that's uh, my favorite ride at Malcolm. Disney, the full Zucker experience. That's a good ride. That is a good one. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, Zucker's, uh, Zucker was an addition at the deadline, but but yeah, the, we really haven't seen the identity of the Penguins with him in the lineup uh, just yet. So that, Does he play extensively with Malkin? I, I, I think the plan is for him to be on that second line with Malkin, yeah. Yeah, because it'll be a... Is it Tanev or Rust who's going to flank the other side? Rust. It should be Rust, because Tanev will be that, uh, that, that's, that checking center, that probably that third-line center going forward so hey, i mean with the with the forwards that they have those two top lines are very formidable you can put them up against just about anybody especially with a healthy malkin and crosby as much as i call him a crybaby uh, as long as he stays healthy he is without question the one of the best players in the league and and always the face of the league uh on defense yeah, people only call him crybaby because his name starts with cr no because he's a fucking crybaby bill he was a crybaby early in his career oh. when he was a teenager yeah it's been a while He's, yeah it has been a while doesn't whine more than anybody else anymore <laughs> But you, you know, any 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 issues you think with with now this being Tristan Jari's team? I know you were talking about goaltending a little bit, but is, is there going to be anything that we have to worry about with Tristan Jari actually carrying the team? This is his team now. Matt Martin's not just on the injured list. The flower's gone. I mean, this is now Tristan Jari's team. Any any issues there you see coming up? Not with Jari. Uh, Jari Jari when he's had to fill in, uh, which he had to fill in for extensive uh, portions of of last season um when murray would miss time and uh and he did very very well with that when he took the reins and, and was the number one guy um i think the bigger concern for the penguins actually in terms of their goaltending would be their backup to smith because a couple of years ago to smith also did a really good job backing up murray when murray would be out and to smith took over as the starter and was getting i thought his name time. was just smith and i thought you were pronouncing it wrong when you're saying to smith i thought there was something wrong there but DeSmith, act, that's DeSmith. his freaking last name is to smith yeah DeSmith was very good when he was uh, when he was the starter, when he was basically the starter in uh, Murray's absence as well. But when Murray came back and DeSmith uh, was relegated to backup duty and was getting inconsistent time in the net, he fell to pieces. I, I, if, if the plan is for him to be a backup goaltender and, and he's really getting, you know, backup time and, and not as much, uh, unless they're, they go for like a more even split, I, I see the backup situation potentially being an issue. And on defense with Latang. um, very injury prone Latang. A couple of the other guys, Marino, good looking young, solid player, still on an entry level deal. So he's very, you know, cap friendly, Dumoulin. Um, who are some other guys that are going to be taking the reins this year over on, on, on defense for the for the Penguins? Who are the other? Well, uh, Pedersen, uh, 
Person had a solid season is going to continue uh, probably uh, as a top four and and um, yeah Marino they're they're looking uh, to become uh, a solid top four as well probably this this season um, he, he's young and he and he really did a good job he's he's quick and he's uh, uh, not that big but he but he plays a good fast defensive game and and good defensive defenseman game so yeah Latang is Latang is definitely a concern because he's uh, not only is he injury prone but his upside when he's healthy at this point is not what it once was he's good on the power play but i don't see him adding a lot of offense when it's not with the man advantage he's a little bit mistake prone and and uh where he's been better with that maybe uh in the last couple of years he's he still has that tendency to to pinch it just the wrong time and and send the play back the other way on a odd man rush so it's 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 not bad when he's when he could when he used to do those dazzling offensive things that he used to do but now that that's kind of fewer and further in between uh, it, i think it's a concern having him as a top line defenseman but i i think we can can all agree that that pittsburgh will be you know at least competing for a spot in the playoffs along with the islanders someone who is going to be on the on the door knocking in hopefully this year will be the new york rangers uh they had a, a fairly predictable offseason with all of their signings that they took care of a lot of housekeeping not really bringing anybody in but um, the biggest news i guess of the offseason was uh cutting loose henrik lundquist star goaltender for a long time bigger than winning the the draft um Hmm. i think so uh for right now um lundquist was the heart and soul of this team since you know the 2005 season we got to the cup finals got to the conference finals a a few times but never could get over the hump and and get to a championship and his time in new york honestly came to an end and it was an unfortunate end to it and then we get lucky and get the first overall pick and i think that was probably the second biggest one one a um with alexei lafoniere and he signs his entry-level max contract with the new york rangers hopefully to slide right into the second line left wing playing with Mika Zibanejad and moving Chris Kreider to the right hand side I hope that actually does happen because if you put you know Artemi Panarin with Ryan Strom and Capo Caco as your number one line or even Buchnevich on that on that right wing of that first line and then you have your second line with Mika Zibanejad with Kreider and Lafreniere I think that's pretty formidable and that's uh, I'll, I'll put that against anybody's top two lines in the league but signing their restricted free agents and getting their, their roster uh, filled out I think was was something that again that had to happen with Ryan Strom and his contract extension. Uh, I think Ryan Strom is the right guy right now until Philip Hedl can prove himself. And this is going to be a big year for young Philip Hedl. Um, what can he do? How he fills out that's that that center position. And if he takes the step forward, like many are predicting that he's going to this year, um, that makes Ryan Strom very expendable, uh, especially with the uh, expansion draft coming up next year. On the back end with Anthony, Anthony D'Angelo, that was uh, another, I think, a team-friendly deal at 4.8 for the numbers that he put up last year. I just hope he can replicate that. Then there was also some minor deals. One deal I don't like talking about is the Jack Johnson deal. Uh, as much as he's he was brought in for that veteran leadership guy to fill the left-handed defensive role, he's going to be a good locker room guy, I guess. Uh, okay, John funny, Davidson. Funny enough, John Davidson, <laughs> one of his press conference said just that, that he trains so hard. And these young kids that are coming in are really going to see this NHL guy and how he trains real 
real hard. Okay, we're paying him $1.1 million per year to train real hard. JD, I can do that. You can sign me. That would be a wonderful thing. He's got to keep training to get out of his parents' debt. I mean, that's, that's all he can do. <laughs> well, yeah, you talk about Mike Richter and all the mountain biking he used to do and his giant thighs back when he was a broadcaster. That was a, a, a lot of fun to bring that back. But after this year, there's going to be a lot of uh, question marks with uh, who comes back and who's uh, a lot of restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents for the Rangers. They're going to clear a lot of cap space. They're going to clear a lot of buyout money. So the Rangers going into next off season uh, are certainly could come out of that far different looking team than they're going into this year. You can see some, some names on this team that are, that could be traded and it's going to be, it's going to be a fun year. You know, I look at the Rangers and they're just a fun team to watch. You look at players like our Tammy Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, and these guys are just electric players and to have electric players play in New York is something that, you know, hasn't happened for, for quite a long time. And it's just very exciting to watch players like that. And we can all just hope and pray to God that Alexei Lafreniere does not turn into a huge Esman. You, I mean, you I'm all, yes, I, I'm, I'm, pray. I'm, I'm praying I am not to God. hoping and praying to God. I am that praying happens. to God that he does not turn out like Hugh Esman. Uh, high draft pick, highly counted guy. Also pray to God that nobody tells James Dolan about this fun up-and-coming team because he'll package Lafreniere and Panarin and, and go get Ovechkin Billy, or something Billy, like that. these are not the Knicks. These are not I, the Knicks. Relax. I know. That's why I'm telling you, don't bring it to his attention. Don't let him fuck No, him but hey, listen, to, to I guess, to my defense, we had a young and up-and-coming team in the early 2000s, and they flourished into you know a Stanley Cup contender every year. And he didn't screw that up because, frankly, he was hands off. It was uh, it was Glenn Sather that ran the show, and now we're we're in in good hands with with John Davidson. You see what he's done in Columbus. You see what he's done in St. Louis as 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 building those franchises. And that was one of the things when he came to New York. One of the things he said was, "We have to rebuild our farm system." And I think they have done a tremendous job stockpiling the farm system with good young talent. Sure, you get lucky and you, and you win the draft lottery two years in a row and you get players like Capo Caco and you get players like Alexei Lafreniere. But to restock the system the way in which he did turns into bigger, better players that can fill your lineup to, to push you over the edge later on when you are pushing for the Stanley Cup. Hopefully in three to four years, we'll be having that conversation. Has he, did Heedle play overseas? No, Heedle did not. No, no. There was only a few guys that were, that were on loan and none of them from the big club uh, with the exception of um, Libor Hayek. He was the only guy who was, I guess, a mainstay in, on the Rangers team that is on loan playing overseas right now. And you know, Billy, funny enough, there was a tremendous amount of talk and I should have um, texted it to you over the past couple of days was a Vitaly Kratzev trade to the Pittsburgh. Penguins. That's been that's been going around for the past couple of days. That's all um, that's, yeah. But who the hell could you possibly give us for him? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, well, it just really it just, I don't see it. It comes from these these idiotic you know speculation of of well the the Penguins really need to restock their their system. Well well yeah. I mean what what are we traded to the Rangers? That's a team that's building for the future. I I, I don't I don't get. It. So, you know, I guess, I guess Crosby uh, make too much money. We're good. And the Pittsburgh maybe wants him. I mean, I don't know. No, I, I don't know if I would I trade Kratz off for Malkin. Probably not. I don't think I would. Malkin makes too much money. Malkin is, and he's a lot older. Board. He's a lot older. Backwards, a backwards move. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. question about that. No Just looking at that. your defense, you're going to win a lot of games six to five, huh? <laughs> I was thinking nine, eight. I was thinking it, nine, eight. It might have to be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can only hope that Brendan Smith plays well with Jacob Truba. You have to hope 
hope that Jack Johnson remains out of the lineup. I mean, Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox were a really, really good pair last year, but that's really it. That's your one pair that was really good last year. Truba never really found his partner, even after they traded Shea to, to Carolina. Um, and you got that? You got him for six more years. Yeah. Um, and look, and and they're they're waiting on guys to be, to be ready um, to come across. Ke'Andre Miller, could he turn into something this year and be a name and be a, a mainstay with Truba next year? That's an absolutely a possibility. Even though a lot of people aren't saying it and a lot of people want him to start in Hartford, I can tell you this, that when he came to that, it wasn't a tryout. It was um, it was the restart for, for the for the quote unquote playoffs that we had last year. Him part of that taxi squad, he wasn't eligible to play. But if he was, I can tell you he would have had game time in the playoffs last year. They were very, very impressed by him in those practices. So I could definitely see a player like Keandre Miller at some point next year playing with the big club. Other players that are that are still even further away than that is a player called uh, named uh, Niels Lundqvist who hasn't signed his entry-level deal yet, which is a good thing for the Rangers, but it's also a bad thing. He is committed to playing the entire season over in Sweden, and he is a direct replacement to Anthony D'Angelo. I mean, that is going to be a direct replacement. So when 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 he signs his entry-level deal, D'Angelo is either going to be traded or just not re-signed. But you, you can see it at either this deadline or next deadline. I think D'Angelo is is a player that, that could potentially be traded just because of the players in back of him need roster spots. And you're you're bringing an entry-level guy at $925,000 with some some bonuses, I'm sure, and is structured, and you're letting go a guy who's making 4.8. So again, there, I can I can see us winning games maybe seven to eight um, in his first couple of years, but that sh- they all should, should round out to be a pretty young core of defensive players with Truba leading it. So uh, even though we have Truba for, for a for eight for what six more years six more yeah yeah it it, i'm okay with that because the players that are are going to be coming up either next year or the year after that pretty excited about pretty excited about i just wonder if that eight million dollar cap hit is going to hurt you down the line when those players that are coming up get out of their entry level deal um if those players come up and you know next year start the count for three years you're still going to have that eight million on the on the book. No, I, I hear you, but you have fourteen million dollars coming off of the books next next year on buyouts, on buyout money that you have, and then you have another. Oh, I'm sorry, that fourteen million dollars was Brendan Smith and Jack Johnson and eight point eight six million dollars in buyouts. So you have fourteen million dollars with two players and all your buyouts. You're gonna have fourteen million dollars opened up, and you're you're you basically have a full roster for next season. So um, we're definitely gonna have money to play with when the time comes. People who are paid to make those decisions i'm sure we'll make the the best decisions that they can at the time so i'm i'm not really nervous about it and and look troop is still young he's still 26 at the end of that deal he's gonna be 32 years old okay i'm all right with that i'm i'm saying that right now <laughs> because brendan smith is 31 and uh oof, he's making hey, half of what troop is making <laughs> he's he's making half of what troop is making each <laughs> So, uh, well, let's, uh, I'll, I'll say a quick prayer to God and to John Davidson that Truba, that contract is not going to come back to bite us. Let, let's just do that. God's not a Rangers fan. I, I don't, I hate to break that to you, but. <laughs> no, we all know he roots for the devils. He's coming around. He's got, why? He can't root. It's God. He can't no, root for just, the devils. Just for the sheer irony of it, he roots for the No, he, it, it, it's an impossible, being raised a Catholic, it's impossible for God to like the devils. Well, the devils are going to need his help if uh, what I see here 
on paper is true. So we've got Brad... that was an excellent. But dude, for our first show, that was an excellent segue. That was that was a wonderful segue. We've got Brat and Blackwood left to sign, and after they sign, and I'm guessing you know somewhere in between three and three point five, we've still got to get six more, seven more players to get to the twenty three man roster. So right now they got seventeen million in cap space. We're gonna assume that Brat and Blackwood eat up seven of that. So that leaves us ten million to sign seven players. There is no way this team is going to get help from a player like Hoffman or even a Kovachuk reunion. They're going to be paying just over, just under a million dollars to seven players just to fill out the roster. And that's only going to leave them with just under four million. So you don't think Kovachuk can help you guys out for a million dollars? I think Kovachuk will be, I I think he helps you out for a million dollars. I just, I think the one thing everybody says that the Devils have is all this cap space. And the beauty of all this cap space is you can take on contracts and, you know, get assets for, in, in trade for it. But after you assign all these players, there's not much cap space left. How, how would Kovachuk be received back in New Jersey? You think he'd be all right? I think it would be 60-40 in favor of, you know, fans happy to have him back. I think there's 40% of the fans out there that would still hold the grudge. I was just going to ask the stupidest question. Opening night, say there is fans in the stands. Does he get booed or does no. he get cheered? No, he would get cheered. I, I think by far the cheers would outweigh the boos. And I think the people that are unhappy with him coming back wouldn't make any noise instead of booing. Fair enough. So when you get in your That's Anthony DeClaire shirt and you get a New Jersey Devils Anthony DeClaire jersey? No. Because he's the poor man's Mike Hoffman. So you're, you're not going to invest in Mike Hoffman with what he is potentially going to make. So you're going to have to get guys like Anthony DeClaire. I think they're going to gonna fill, fill out, out the roster, roster with, I think they're going to fill it out with guys they've already got signed. I think you're going to see a Yane Kukunen or a Fabian Zetterlin or a Nathan Bastian come in and take those bottom six spots. Maybe I'm, Nolan I'm, Foot, maybe Nolan Foot impresses in, in camp and takes a spot. Ty Smith too? Ty Smith is, Ty Smith is going to be on the team. No doubt about it. There's one guy that's really has everybody wondering that's Igor Sharagovich he is actually right now tied for second in scoring in the KHL he's got 17 goal uh, 17 goals as of today so he's second in the in, in uh, the KHL but he's uh he's a Cy Young player you know he's the he's got 17 goals but he's only got like five assists on the season oh so he's a selfish player 6'2 okay. 196 22 years old he's he's the kind of body that they need in front of the net on the power play I I, I would agree with that for sure but I I'm, I'm wincing a little bit and looking at P.K. Subban's contract. He's only making a million more than Truba, and he's only signed for three more years. He's five years old, and he's two more years. He's UFA uh, after next year. So they, they can't trade him this year. They're, they, he's on the Devils next year, all year. You there can is, trade him. And there is you, no no movement clause, no trade clause. No, there's on. not. So you can expose him so in the Seattle draft. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. How's he sign a $9 million contract? that last year. How's he sign a $9 million contract and not have a no movement clause maybe he just wasn't or no trade in nashville he signed the contract and yeah even a, a limit a modified no trade or something oof my goodness Why would you want a no trade if you're in jersey <laughs> well you signed it in nashville it, it, it's a good point there's no better place to play than newark the right. only guy that this team has after the 22 23 season signed still is uh is he sure everybody else's contract is over before that he's getting the captaincy right he should get the captaincy this year over jack hughes yes absolutely i don't think jack hughes is his focus is going to be on leadership the way he shares is jack hughes is going to be your 
you know, your second line center, your play, your playmaker, your scorer, your arrogant chip on the shoulder player, not the kind of guy you would want uh, leading your team. Oh, you know, you, you are right. You know, they, everybody says how much cap space the devils do have. If, if you look at it and the amount of players that they need to sign, they don't have. It goes away very space. quickly. So, and again, I've got Nolan Foote, Kukunen, Zetterlin, Bastion, Sini, Walsh, and Ball battling for those bottom three spots, 23, 24, and 25 on the roster. Yes, for Boquist. Everybody's high on him. I, I haven't seen it. Everybody in the fan base and the team is very high on him, hoping that he can take a middle six position. Seems like um, Hughes needs that sniper to play with him. Is Gusev the sniper? Gusev is going to be the sniper for now. Holtz is the one that, you know, in a year or two, yeah. he's going to be the guy on that wing. Filming Every, everywhere you look on, on the Twitter, it's been Holtz and how he's tearing it up now over yeah. overseas. In, another in two league. another two goals this week in 16 games. He's got six goals and seven assists. He's averaging over 16 minutes a game, which is he's just ready. ridiculous. He's, he's, he, he's, he's dedicated or he's signed over in that league for the, for the entire year. year. Is there this any year. way the Devils can get him over here? There is no way he comes over this year. And I <clears> yeah, think that's it, by it, design. I think they want to push that contract out as much as possible. It would be pointless to, to burn a year of your entry-level contract. For, for just for so I, again, I don't know what everybody is seeing with all this cap space, but I just don't see it. I don't see how $4 million after you sign a whole bunch of players is uh, going to be that beneficial to take on other other teams' loaded contracts. Yeah, and everybody was saying the devil's going to offer Sheed Sergachev or, or somebody else like that be just because of the cap space. And that really would have made no sense unless you can get somebody to take a Severson or a, 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 even a Palmieri uh, at that point and take some of that money off of your hands. And that looked like very popular um, players in the devil's system. So I, I'm, I'm assuming they wouldn't want to do that. Correct. Well, it's been a, a very fun offseason. Um, and talking about moves and waiting for things to come in the draft. Uh, well, the draft was fun for me. Um, stealing uh, Braden Schneider from the Devils was was a lot of fun. I took a lot of enjoyment in that and we'll take enjoyment of that for years to come. But I think now is uh, is all about getting back to play. Getting, getting the, the NHL season on track to start in the beginning of January, which I, th- I think we can all agree that's a, uh, it's a fantasy at this point. Um, and that maybe the middle of January to even the beginning of February is more likely to a 48-game season uh, where the playoffs end sometime at beginning of July or end of June. That way, NBC can focus solely on the Olympics. It's a big time right now for the NHL and the NHLPA to make a decision uh, and to make a, a deal. Are the owners going to stick by what they, they they ratified for the next couple of years and stick by what they, they agreed to pay the players? Or are the, pay, the players going to give in and say, okay, take more of our, our money away and let's start the season? What What's going to happen? Well, we all know the owners to be a very respectable standby their word bunch. So I would imagine- Oh, shit. Gonna... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I, gotta, I should hit the sneeze button. Do we have a sneeze button in here? I don't a mute button. Oh, okay. Mute. Oh, oh, there it is. Damn. I'll do it next time. You know, it's my opinion <laughs> that the owners are just using this added deferment and escrow as a just playing games. They just want to see how much they can get. Yeah. But you know, I, I was, I, I felt kind of in the beginning, I was like, well, okay, there's no fans in the stands. Players got to give something back in order to get the season going, but they ratified the, the return to play was ratified with the extension of the collective bargaining agreement under the premise that 
there was not going to be one person in the stands for this season. That completely changed my thinking. And whether that was a deal that Gary Bettman said to the owners that this is a good deal, quote unquote, and the and the owners just signed it, like I saw a report in the past couple of days that that actually happened. <laughs> yes, it's unbelievable. If that's true, he is in a he's in very hot water, as they say, with his owners. And um, there was a, a and this came on right before we started recording um, by Alan Walsh, who is a, I guess he's a, um, what does his Twitter bio say? He's a co-managing director of Octagon Sports, who's a sports agent slash lawyer. And they were talking about suing each other and a lockout and force magery. And I didn't even know that what that term was before I read this thread. And they're going to spend billions dollars on lawyers not to have a season not to have a season with all with everything that's going to happen in the courts i mean that is asinine it's 300 million dollars well larry brooks had said we're seattle and all of this where's that money right get the expansion money to the owners to pay for the difference in the money at least what they they only need half of it so you you get a a a front of of half of the money that seattle's going to have to pay next year and there's the money for for the owners right but that's not what they had that money earmarked for that's not what they wanted to spend that money on so that's that's why they're gonna fight this right so well no i i hear you but my 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 hot water heater broke and i wanted to spend that money on something else but no the hot water heater broke i gotta go i gotta buy a new hot water heater now you know things happen with this pandemic that is unforeseen so so what they had earmarked for other things who cares oh i I, i'm with you but these but these are some greedy motherfuckers you know that (laughs) no i don't know that i don't know that damn it so they're gonna gonna play chicken and the season will be in the balance i mean this is this is not unusual for the NHL. No, and and to to a fan and this and from the fans perspective, this fucking sucks. The NHL is taking a backseat to all these all the sports out there as they normally do, and right now the NBA is flaunting their back to play, their their schedule, their their money day games with with Christmas Day for the NBA for the NBA schedule that that just released tonight. Uh, of games that are going to be played on Christmas Day, players that have gotten tested, everything you'd see on Twitter, they it, it is almost being rubbed in our faces that the NBA is returning to play and the NHL is still squabbling over money. That's a good point. You know, well, so what's the difference? Why is it that the NBA can get there every time and the NHL consistently shoots themselves in the foot? Oh, you mean and you mean you mean their their TV deal, their TV contract, and how yeah, shitty it is? And and then it's going to be uh, they're going to have another another shitty one if if they're not. If they're they're not they don't get a team a, a league together right the they have no choice get, they have no choice they but have to have a season this year because they're yeah. up for a new tv contract this year and if you don't play a season you're not going to get the money that you would have got that's, no. that's for it, damn sure it's really going to be i honestly think the, the the players have more leverage than they've ever had because of that deal the looming deal is worth so much more to the league than just you know what we're talking a few hundred few hundred million dollars i mean realistically it must be a, to me it must be a cash flow thing i don't see why they're fighting over this small amount of money in the long in the in the in the grand scheme of things because they're not they're gonna they've already missed the window in my opinion for a new year's day game i don't see how it's possible they're gonna make that work. Uh, nick and talk about tv things you know and the nba has their money game i just said it the money game yeah. is christmas day that's where they get the fans you know football has thanksgiving yep. the nhl new year's day that's their game that's their outdoor money game they get hundreds of thousands of people to come 
in the stands and they have millions upon millions. I, I, I felt like a, the rock there. I felt like the rock, the millions and millions um, watching at home. I mean, that's their money game. And now they're missing out on it. They're missing out on that money game. And they have, they have nobody to blame, but themselves, the owners, because they agreed to yeah. something that they're trying to get out of right now. And if it was vice versa, there is no way they would let the, the, the players do anything other than this is the deal you guys made sorry but i think it speaks volumes that how different the leagues are and how how much power or how power hungry i feel like the the nhl you know upper brass is you know they, they just think they can get a better deal they get a better deal and they keep shooting themselves in the foot you will look at the, the the explosive growth of the nba's tv deals over the last 20 years compared to the uh the uh the, the nhl most of the islanders the uh nhl's and it's it dwarfs it you know where they're making i think we looked at it last time it was around two what two billion a year it was 2.66 billion dollars for the nba's tv deal and the nhl with the combined north american deal that they have between canada and the u.s is around 500 million dollars in total total quarter less more less than a quarter of the of that deal so i mean is that that math correct is that a quarter (laughs) yes you're a math guy 20 percent closer 20 percent, right so that's that's just that's that's the big money you know they can the nba can operate because they have that deal they don't have to worry about people players and people you don't even need fans in the stands yeah that's exactly no, like, and, the NFL. Be, I, I think we they can all agree that the NHL was in such a really was in re, a really good position until this happened, especially for TV deals. Everything moving yeah. forward, they had a lot of momentum in the sport. I'm not going to talk they about had, the reverse retro jerseys, but that that would have been part of it. It was something to build on, and they just took a gun and just shot themselves in the foot. Again, yep. like again, 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 again. For the third the time constant. in less than 20 years. What's Gary been the Bettman. one constant this whole time? Gary Bettman. Gary, Gary Bettman. Bettman. Oh, that's why he's. Boom. Every time he, yeah. every time you know, at the pinnacle of the greatest moment in the sport, when he's out there, you know, calling up a, a team captain to come get the Stanley Cup, and the fans there bother to boo him instead of celebrating the Stanley Cup. I mean, what does that say? I, I can only this is I, this is only my opinion here, and and I'm I'm sure you guys will disagree with me. But if they if he handed out this the Stanley Cup last year, and then they just went right to back to play this year and started on January first, don't you think that and with with labor peace. Don't you think the opinion of Gary Bettman would have changed this year in the fans' eyes that, man, this guy, maybe he's not such a money-hungry douchebag after all. Maybe he's maybe he's all right. Uh, I don't think his image could ever get better. No, it was a reach. I could not get worse, but I tried. I think at this point, it's become just something you do is boo Gary Bettman. Yeah. No matter what he does. Right, you can see in the NFL too, right? He could be saving kitty cats from trees and people would be booing him on the streets. Well, at his age, I don't know if he should be climbing trees to save kitty cats. I just think I he's mean, saying. I'd just be willing saying. to take he, that risk. He could be in the hot seat if if everything doesn't go the way that the rest of the owners want. I mean, well, this you is think a the owners deal. are happy with this deal that they that he force not. fed them? If who, that if who, that who, report absolutely, is true. Absolutely not. They voice their opinion that they're not happy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? There's there's who? tweets coming out, uh, hey, we just read this uh memorandum of understanding and uh we don't like it. Yeah, well well that's their own stupidity for just reading it now by the way so i mean it's oh, that's Thanksgiving. it they had things going on the, the the mou was signed in july they had to figure out was somehow it, to get to their vacation homes in the it's middle of getting, a pandemic yeah. oh is that it was that it i'm sorry you're, you're right i have a hard time buying any of that i mean I, I i've been around much more small potatoes kinds of lawsuits and 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 things where where i mean anybody that's got a that's got an attorney i mean you're you're ground to a halt over 
shit much more minuscule than what we're talking about right now. Right, because I mean, of the lawyer, not because the not because the the defendant reads the documents, because the lawyer wants to grind it to a halt. In this instance, Batman is that lawyer, and now the defendant or the or the the owners are coming back saying, "Hey, wait, we just read this and we don't like it." Oh, are we really going to believe thirty one owners didn't read it? Well, I think it's only a couple that are coming out right now and saying it. Yeah. We'll no, see. but this but to next point, I I, I I can't I can't even believe that 31 owners didn't read an MOU and it was just force fed to them. I I I'm not buying that. Now that's what I'm saying is they have people who would read that for them, and there's no way that you know that they didn't understand what they were assigning. So oh so what what what's the bets here? 48 games. I, I, I still think it's a 48 game season. I think that without question, there's going to be a season, whether the owners like it or not, there's going to be a season. They're going to make the money up. I mean, they have to understand that. In an ideal world, what they would do is a 48 game season and they would start the week in between the, the week before the Super Bowl, that off week in the NFL, NFL, that would be week one of the NHL. And they could have that Sunday. They can set up an outdoor game somewhere without fans on a lake somewhere in the middle of Michigan or, or in Canada somewhere. They can set up a game without fans outdoors, bring the game really back to where it all started for everybody. Don't you think they, they in reality, they'd want that game in the U.S. somewhere just because of the, the American dollar versus the Canadian dollar with if they can get anybody to come out to the game, they would make far more getting, money. You're not getting anybody game. out to a game like that. Alaska. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you could you could get probably look, dude, I just the Monday night football game uh, or uh, the um, the game between the Chiefs and the Bucks. The stadium was half full or half empty, depending on how you want to look. It. but i think you'll get fans in the seats at a stadium that can house a hundred thousand so, people so do you i think you'll think get i think you'll get NHL, 25 to 50 do you think this year in the nhl teams that can have fans in the seats will be allowed to have fans in the seats or do you think since one team can't have them nobody's gonna have them. i think i think the southern states as you'd see in the nfl but it but i don't even know if i can make that statement because it's different with the nfl and the nhl right one's played outdoors one's played indoors corona obviously sucks indoors but it's it's that, okay outdoors teams but that overseas, have, domes have fans don't yeah, they? And, there, there are teams that have domes that have fans coming in the stands they're not allowed in New Orleans. I haven't, there weren't any in Minnesota, nor were there anybody at Detroit, Dallas, but that's an open air stadium. I don't think any of the dome, okay. any of the dome teams do, to be honest with you. But I, it, I, there is a difference between outdoors and indoors, obviously. And I, I just don't know at this point that they would allow fans inside an arena. I mean, what's the NBA doing? I mean, the NBA, I, I, I don't think cares if anybody. They comes don't have to. to. Right. Because they don't have to. But not that they don't care. That, that was that was wrong. That was absolutely wrong. It's that they don't have to. No, I don't think they care. I think you're right the first time. <laughs> and what's but I, like, but what's I can like tell San you. What's San Jose going to do? You're playing Arizona with the 49ers. So oh. just, you don't get to see your family now for six well, months? Well, no, but but look, we're we're talking. If anything's going to happen, it's going to happen in January. Is going to be training camp and everything else. Who knows what the va- we don't know what's going to happen in January as in, in one month with the vaccine on its way and all this other stuff. What's going to happen? So I don't I don't know if we can jump to that conclusion yet. You put your jump to conclusion, Matt, away. <laughs> That's an interesting point too, Tom, because of course this, this country needs the vaccine to go directly to the, to the athletes. Wow, well, listen, that, that was a that was so. a big debate. And the CDC put out, 
you know, who's going to get it first. And I think they're right. They're spot on with who gets it first. Well, we'll see how that works. That plays out. But you know, as we saw with testing, I mean, the, the various sports leagues were getting like every test possible out there. And, you know, <laughs> hospitals around the country were scrambling for them for a bit. But um, that it's an interesting point that, that that could play a big factor into how the uh, the leagues, especially the NHL, will, will handle that. But um, I thought that might be more of the, the question and more of the issue is how they're going to handle that, especially with the Canadian teams. But um, it seems like that's really not the problem. They probably have it worked out, I guess. And really, it's just a comes on issue like everything usually does. So we'll see. No, yeah, I, it, it's 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 an interesting season for sure. And you know how how much the the NHL and the owners and the commissioner's office and everybody else was getting praised for their bubble for for controlling the coronavirus or COVID. You know during the NHL playoffs with zero positive test cases, it, it, they were just commended for it. And now they're being trashed because of their own stupidity. I their mean, own greed. It, it's 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 so frustrating. As a fan, because all I want, I just want, I want a Ranger Islander game tonight. I want, I want a Ranger Flyer. Fuck the Flyers. Um, Flyers. I want the Rangers versus anybody on TV with 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 Sam and Joe calling it. I, oh, I just, don't just care. flip on MSG. I'm sure they're playing the 1994 Stanley Cup Championship <laughs> run again. Yeah, I'm 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 sure I'm sure that 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 is going on. But I, uh, you know, I just I just want. I want that game. You know, the NHL Network had the uh, the comeback with the Rangers against the Canadians last year. It was just, it was great. I just, just loved watching it. It was just, it was hockey, man. It was a lot. It was, it felt like it was right now because these are the players. These are, this is the team that's coming back. It was almost an identical team. I don't know. It's, I just, yeah, it, as a fan, it's so incredibly frustrating that if I had any hair on my head, I would pull it out. It's especially urgent now for me because I've been getting my hockey fix. I've been watching my son's Bantam team playing for 17 and five. Awesome group of kids. I've been loving watching them play, and uh, and they just shut down youth hockey in New Jersey. So we are done at least until the new year. Uh, it, so it's we, a good thing that they're shutting down youth sports and yeah. extracurricular activities in schools, but yet some school districts can still have in-class participation for school. You know, it, it, oh, that, that that's okay though. That that's okay. Nothing's consistent about it. No, there's nothing. If consistent. they had actually thought about it, the, the youth hockey in New Jersey, they, they should have been putting fan. They should have been putting a limited number of parents in the arena, but they were trying to keep the arena is clear because they were crowding all the parents into these little spaces in the arena it shouldn't make any sense i mean most of the arenas in new jersey have these big stands they could say okay each team gets to have eight spectators or something space them out but no nobody can go in the arena and nobody's catching coronavirus through the glass spreading it to the kids on the ice it's, it's utterly absurd nobody wants to think about those things we just knee jerk and shut shit down it's uh i don't know i just it's gonna take a long time to to get over this one and uh oh, yeah. i just hope to god that you know something happens in the next week or so because that's all we've been hearing about for the past two weeks it's it's this week is vitally important well we're in the week right now and it's tuesday december 1st at 10 8 p.m and there's never been a more sense of an urgency to get something done yet they're not talking or there's talks but we don't know the extent of their talks i haven't seen a lot of urgency to get something done between the NHL and the NHLPA. There hasn't been. Has it? Is it's just been a non-starter because of the of the MOU that was agreed upon? I mean, is that? I mean, it, it looks to be that that's it. That's the only hurdle. They can work out scheduling. They can work out health and security issues. They. It looks like everybody's going to start in their own building and not a bubble. Um, it looks like they got the divisions worked out between Canada and the U.S. Billy, we're going to say goodbye to you for the Metro Division this year. You're going to go over to, and play in the Central Division. We'll see you next year. Thank um, God. No, I'm saying you're you're kicked off the podcast. Day one, you're gone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
but it looks like they have all this other stuff figured out. And it comes down to except the $300 million. Dollars. Except $300 million. Frustrating. Frustrating. And it's fun. Team. It's, it's, it's one Jake Truba. <laughs> Per team. Per team. But you know, one of the reasons that they keep that we keep coming to a head with these with these uh, negotiations and these ridiculous owners want this, players players will give only this. You know, it's because the hockey fans always come back. I mean, there's always there's sometimes there's a little blip whenever they sort things out and 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 start things up again. There might be just a couple of holdouts going. I'm not going to watch for and then and then it goes away because everybody comes back. All the hockey fans we're, come because we're sucker. We should have you know, all Bugs Bunny cartoons. They they. The guy would either turn into a lollipop or he'd have sucker written across his forehead. That's what we all are. We're we're a sucker for this damn game that we love, and we're getting gypped. We're getting gypped out of it. I knew yeah, made the worst part is Albuquerque. <laughs> the worst part is I really would love to go to a game this year, bring the kids again, seeing um going to you know we're down in Carolina, so it's uh not that we're not that far from we're PNC where the Hurricanes play. That that that's actually a really good cheap. point. Nick, that, that's a, a really good point. We should we should tell our audience, the one person that's listening. Um, I'm a Ranger fan. I used to live in New Jersey, but I live uh, just north of Tampa, Florida. Nick lives uh, just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. We all used to live in New Jersey. Steve and Billy, unfortunately, still live in New Jersey. Uh, Billy used to be a Ranger fan. Now he's a Penguin fan because of James Dolan. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the backstory for everybody. I right am now. the lone loyalist. You're, you're something. I am the lone person in his home team's market. Well, true. I, I don't know why no. that matters. But... Well, I guess half, half, Rangers... just... half of the Rangers are on the Lightning anyway, so who cares? I still get to watch McDonough every night. I'm a happy guy. What's the what's the percentage? Like 40% of the players are, are nah, Canadian? It, it, it used to be really bad. <laughs> it used to be really yeah. bad. I think it's down to McDonough. McDonough might be the only one that's left. Steve, where's uh, where's Mr. Cherry Hill? Bobby Ryan's not on your team. No. Oh, he's in D- Detroit this year. He won't even play in Devils. He's like, nah, fuck them. <laughs> it, it's Cherry Hill. It's not New Jersey. It's Philadelphia. Yeah. Nah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty true. What are you talking about? Anything we're bringing Johnny voice, Hockey to which, New Jersey. That's what we're going to do this this year. We're going to trade for uh, Johnny Hockey. What would you say is the the the, the line uh, from in Jersey that becomes basically Philly? Would you say it's Cherry Hill? Hamilton. Is that like the anything Ham- south of Ham- Hamilton? Yeah, I can do that. South Hamilton. Two ninety five. Right. But then it but then it goes at or, a diagonal. Or two ninety five. It goes yeah, at a diagonal like as you go to the beach. Anything anything south like Long Beach Island and south. That far? I mean, I, oh, I sometimes feel like as soon as I'm over the Raritan River on the on the Parkway, the, that area is I'm getting down toward Philly country. Yeah. No, but I think I think Steve is right. I think Steve is right. One ninety five, I think, is the is the is the line. Anything south of that, you're you're getting your into Philly Jersey. territory. Your Pennsylvania. That you know, Philly is the city, right? Fuck Philadelphia. Fuck, Fuck the Flyers. Flyers. I I, I like I like Philadelphia. I like the city. I like the history. I like a lot of it, but I don't. <laughs> But they signed well, a piece I, look, of paper I, I, there. Big fucking deal. What? There was nothing more enjoyable last night than watching Carson Wentz implode on the <laughs> me? That was the, one of the best things I ever watched. And I specifically oh, picked shit. up Seattle's defense in my fantasy league just because they were playing Philadelphia. Philly and throws that touchdown did. at the end and, and loses everybody money. Oh, well, I don't care. You're going to want you're gonna want that Seattle defense again next week. Are they, are they playing the Jets? Giants. Are they playing the Giants Jones. next week? Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. They're not going to have Dan- Oh, even with Colt McCoy. Jones. Oof. <laughs> they're, they're bringing back Alex Tanny. Oh my God! Welcome to the Friends and Rivals Football Podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, no, this is the owner's fault that we're talking about football and we're talking exactly. about anything other than hockey. This is on the owners. I got one more hockey topic, actually, for, for you, Tom, specifically. And, and we probably got just enough time to, to discuss this. Uh-oh. Um, Should I be scared? Sorry to put you on the spot like this. No, you really are. But I mean, you, I'm not even prepared, but this wasn't in our pregame notes. We had, we did, but it's an easy one. You guys got notes? Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's that text I sent to everybody. Because uh, earlier you, you said something that triggered me. A, a conversation that we were having about the Devils with Steve talking about uh, who, their, who their next uh, team captain would be this year. So how about the Rangers? Their last captain was Messier, right? So what what is no. with that? And what their, their they last captain was Ryan McDonough. Before that, it was Ryan Callahan. Before that, it was Jeremy Yager. I mean, it, it it's it's tough right now. You, you know, the odds on on favorite is Ryan is um, Mika Zibanejad. You could you wouldn't I would be okay with seeing a guy like Chris Kreider who's going to be there for quite a while and is, and has been through the cup runs with that team to be the captain moving forward. But I, I really think that it's going to be Mika Zibanejad just for his locker room presence and and for what he does on the ice. He's a guy who's extremely versatile. He's one one a for for centers on the on the team. Probably number one on the depth chart. Uh, he plays the power play. He plays penalty kill, and and he's just a mainstay in the locker room and a very well respected and liked guy around the league. So so then obviously I, he I, gets I, extended after this contract is over. There, there's no question about it. And he's gonna he's gonna cost us a lot of money to resign. He's gonna cost us a lot of money to resign. So we we'd only have what at that point two players making over ten million dollars per year, right? We only have Panarin right now and Zibanejad will be that second guy. Having three guys making $10 million really eats up a lot of cap space and you can see what's happening in Toronto right now which, you know, if you if you follow a lot of the Canadian beat writers for hockey and they, they one of them um, Pierre Lebrun who is the um, uh, the athletic beat writer for the NHL put out an article today about the Canadian division and how he asked Eastern Conference GMs how and who would finish first in, in, in the league and a lot of them picked Toronto to finish first in the league. Don't they understand understand what Philly fuck fuck the Flyers what they have gone through for so many years and understanding that goaltending wins you games and wins you championships I don't see how their goaltending is going to win them anything maybe it's enough to get them first place in the regular season but when it comes to playoffs I just don't see Freddie Anderson as the guy I'm sorry I just don't it's just a preseason prediction nobody ever holds anybody to them oh we're we we are making season predictions if we have one damn it what bill is this is this an all canada division that we're talking about or yeah it's an all canada division and guess how many first in the nhl i said first in the can i meant first in the canada division that's that's my my bet yeah um the canada division stinks yeah there's no yeah oh no maybe ottawa's gonna come in and you know no but i i think maybe vancouver i think vancouver has probably the best team in 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 canada yep to come out there. I think they have the goal. I think they have the forwards. Um, but well, incidentally, everybody picked Ottawa to be last. I know that's a surprise to everybody. Just saying. Just saying. So predictions so, for our the Metro. What's going on well, with the Metro? What are you guys? I said it before and I'm gonna stick to it. I I I think Carolina is gonna be the best team in the East next year. East or Metro? Uh in the Metro. Metro, okay. All right. Forty eight game season. If my team is competitive in game thirty, I'm gonna be happy. <laughs> So who, who do you think is going to be the top in the Metro, Steve? Obviously not the Devils. No, obviously not the Devils. I got to be honest with you, it could be Philly. I think Philly can take a big step forward. Fuck the Flyers. They lost Niskanen. They, they'd have nobody to replace him, and Niskanen was a really good defensive player for them. 
And Elaine Vigneault loves those defensive guys. He plays them 20 minutes a night. And now he doesn't have that guy to play 20 minutes a night. Now he's got to rely on Gotts to spare. Good luck. But, they the got, but they've got goaltending for the first time in a long time. Yeah, fuck the Flyers. He can't <laughs> play every night. But actually, I agreed with, the, with that. Do you? Well, and, and a lot depends on how we're defining these divisions anymore. I just can't keep it straight. I know Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I think we should wait on an official announcement. But I like Carolina. Well, that's gonna do. That was good. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. What's our Twitter handle, Steve? At friends underscore rivals. At friends underscore rivals on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us there. And we'll be back every uh, Tuesday night to record our sessions and uh, hopefully have them live on Wednesdays. Billy, play us out.